In this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast, we're going to be talking about the uh, loss of BYU to Utah State. We're going to break down the upcoming game of BYU playing the University of Hawaii in Cougar Stadium. Uh, we're going to talk about the quarterback situation. Uh, Tanner Magnum is going to hold on to his job. And then as a final tribute in the end, we're going to talk and pay tribute to Paul James, a legendary broadcaster who passed away this past week. That and more in this edition of Cougar Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insiders Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, columnist for the Deseret News, along with beat writers Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. We're coming to you from Thanksgiving Point, and we're talking BYU sports. And gentlemen, as we sit here, we witnessed a second loss in a row by BYU's football team, this time to in-state rival Utah State. Um, my take on this, and I predicted it in the paper, not here on the podcast, that they would lose to Utah State. Short week. Four or five days, no, probably three and a half days to prepare for the Aggies. And the Aggies had two f- weeks to prepare and get healthy. I could see this coming down the pike, but it was a blow to the uh, fans, the program, to the players. Very disappointing performance. Jeff Call, this thing turned out to be 21 to nothing right early. Yeah, it was like uh, the Washington game before that, down 21 zip in the first half, and very difficult uh, to come back from a hole like that. And I think uh, Utah State, you know, going into this, the game, you thought, okay, Utah State's put up a lot of points. They've got a lot of confidence, and BYU can't afford to get down. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, they got down. The pick six was a backbreaker from the beginning. Devastating. And, uh, you know, and they had a chance to put some points on the board early, and then they threw out pick six. Changed the whole complexion of the game. So, you know, BYU's got to go back to the drawing board again, and they've got to figure out some way to deal with the problems they have and and try to get something going against Hawaii. Brandon Gurney, I I think the energy level's been down by this football team. Two losses will do that. Three long road trips into uh, Power 5 conference territories might do that. Being out of shape might do that. I don't know. But we've saw two quarterbacks. We've seen two quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, stand there not be challenged, not be pressured, and throw the ball on BYU's defense, and it hasn't held up. And um, you got to wonder, is this a scheme thing? Is it a talent problem? Is it an injury problem? Is it a a philosophical thing that they're protecting the offense that's kind of struggling and they don't want to get out of kilter and playing a little bit defensive on both sides of the ball? Uh, But there's no explosion. There's no really fight in this team, it seems like, the last two weeks. Um, One thing that I I always hold in mind, no one likes to talk about this, but I I think the challenges of independence involve what exactly are you playing for and what are you motivated for during October and November. You have this front-loaded schedule. Yes, we're going to compete. We're going to be in the national championship. Oh, we lost. Uh, what, what do we play it's for? It's tough to get up again. I, you talk to the players. They believe they're motivated and all that. But I really wonder about the narrative of a season in independence, how it implements just continued progress and all that and motivation. I really question that because I think a variable we've seen with every season in independence, BYU's typically not playing its best ball toward the end of the season. There might be some seasons where that's been the case, but definitely under Kalani Satake, you've seen a, 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 a decline. And that's not the only factor. I think there's a, I think the big factor this year is I think teams have really figured out what BYU's doing. You have a team, Washington, who's a top 10 team in the country, maybe even top five in Utah State who had two weeks of preparation and a heck of a 
lot of motivation. You can see right? it coming. Yeah. So uh, the adjustment thing is, is what you wonder about. Like you said, there's no margin for error with this team. They throw an interception, and it just steamrolls. BYU, they had a three and out. They forced Utah State to three and out. They were driving, and then that interception and just steamrolls. And, and Kalani talked a lot about adjustments. Football's all about adjustments. That's, that was his quote in Monday's press conference. We're not seeing those adjustments. What was BYU doing defensively? I, I mean, the halftime adjustments weren't there. That's when Utah State really hit its stride. I, uh, I, that's when they basically won the game. That game was still in question at halftime. And you just wonder if they're, if they're adjusting the personnel. And the complaint you get is, all oh, players were just missing assignments, right? But isn't it a coach's job to put those players in, in, in situations where they can complete those assignments? I, I, I just don't buy the excuse, well, if they just complete the assignments. I think that's part of coaching, to put them in, in advantageous positions where they can do that. So you question everything, <laughs> just like Kalani said. You know, a lot of times when BYU's losing, the quarterback gets the majority of the blame and the scrutiny and the criticism, and you always wonder if you make a change at quarterback, if that's going to be the answer. But Jeff Call, it seems that this team, it's more than the quarterback. They've had trouble tackling. They've had trouble blocking. They've had trouble moving the pile. They've had trouble with energy. Uh, they've had trouble with emotion. They've had trouble with scheme. Um and not to be too much of a downer, but all of those things seem to be things that can be corrected by coaches and by the players themselves. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the season in totality, you look back at the game at, at Madison, we've talked about that quite a bit. And I was thinking the other day uh, about the energy that that team, BYU, came into Madison with, the Camp Randall. And at the end of the third quarter, they're jumping around. I mean, they believed, they had emotion, they believed they could win the game against the sixth-ranked team. And the way they played, I mean, they, they executed pretty well. They were very physical. And we just have not seen that the last two weeks. So you know they're capable of producing that. For some reason, it's not happening. And, Brandon, to your point, I, I agree in principle with what you're saying about independence and, and trying to find something to play for. But you would think that against a team like Utah State, who beat BYU pretty handily last year in Logan, and being back home – and with the mantra of protect Lavelle's house, to come out and just not show the fire and the fight was very surprising to me. I think I think when Jeff Grimes came here uh, with, with the new offensive staff, one of the biggest priorities that they wanted to do is to have energy when you came on the field to practice. You wanted energy and excitement and uh, and to show that. And they got that through spring practice, I believe. And they got that through the first couple of games, but then it's kind of waned. Uh, Brandon has the theory that maybe being an independent is kind of war on them and what do you play for and how do you get motivated. But I, I kind of got to think that if you put on a BYU uniform and a helmet and you get on the field and you've got a home crowd there that's shown up uh, in a setting there, that's got to be motivation enough for, to really sell out. And this team, over the last few years, Jeff Call, and you've done work on this, they have not answered the bell at home. They've played some pretty tough opponents on their home field, uh, but they have not answered the bell at home. Yeah, three and six the last two years, which is unbelievable to think about. Um, Especially when you consider who they beat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two yeah, of them, two, three, two, two of those wins Portland were State, Portland State, and, McNeese State, and then the other win San was San Jose State. State. Yeah, and so which is basically an FCS team. So. Yeah, basically, yeah. and so it's just like you know what what gives here. I mean, what why aren't these guys getting up? We've seen much better performances on the road than we have at home, and that is a mystery to me as that's to why strange. that's happening. Well, let's talk about the quarterback situation. I want, I want two quick answers from both of you. 
uh, real quick. And Brandon, we'll start with you. Has Tanner Magnum done enough to lose his job, or has he done enough to to make people question why he should be in there? Same question for you, Jeff. But go ahead. Two bad turnovers against Utah State. That's kind of what sticks out about Tanner Mangum. And is he really the guy? The best argument for Zach Wilson is just how the season's playing out and preparing for the future and all that. And I I totally buy you putting Zach Wilson in that regard. I I I don't think Tanner Mangum's done enough to lose his job. To be honest with you, I think he's he's by and large been productive. The final two games, and I think he's 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 progressing. Okay, Jeff, has has Tanner done enough to lose his starting job? Uh, not necessarily, but I do think I, I think we'll see Tanner start Saturday. Is my gut feeling, but I am expecting to see Zach Wilson fairly early in the game. I think, like Brandon said, this is time for BYU to start investing in its future. And Tanner's a senior; he's given a lot to the program. But uh, Zach Wilson is a guy that uh, has a lot of <laughs> a lot of years left in him. And he's got to start getting his feet wet. He's got to start getting reps. He's got to start getting um, snaps that matter, snaps where the game's on the line. He's got to get that feeling and that adrenaline to prepare him for the future. And that's that's really important for BYU. It'll really be interesting to see what happens. And I'm with you, Jeff. I think that they're going to start Tanner. But if they need a spark, if they need a change-up, uh, maybe to help the team, they might experiment with bringing in Zach in a meaningful way. They're going to be playing against the University of Hawaii this Saturday night, Cougar Stadium, and that game will be seen on ESPN2. ESPN2. So it's going to be a national audience. And once again, BYU will be on, at home with a big, big challenge ahead of it. The rest of the story segment right now. Brandon Gurney, what have you got for us? I think the really surprising thing to me about Utah State was just how they were able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think the front s- seven play against the Aggies was just sh- surprising to me. And I point uh, mostly at, at linebacker play. Well, what's happened to Adam Poultzberg? How come he's not playing? I, I, I think he acquitted himself pretty nicely in, in favor of Butch Powell. Something's wrong with Butch. I mean, when he goes in, it, it, he's just not looking like the guy. I, I don't know if there's an injury issue beyond his thumb. Well, well, he is injured. I think it's also a speed problem. He's not quick enough to do what they want him to do. It, it, it's, maybe it's a performance thing because of speed. Yeah, and and, and Kalani says Talkie Talkie's uh, most natural position is middle backer, but I kind of wonder if that's your best three guys. The linebacker play was outstanding through the first four games, and where is it gone? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Utah State just gash him. Absolutely gash them. Just slow developing plays of going off tackle. And where were the linebackers? They were nowhere. I, it's really surpri- it's a surprising de- development. And I think the middle backer concern it, it is a big concern. I, I, I wonder what the best three alignment is. I, I don't know what's going on with Butch. But it seemed to me that Taki Taki was far more effective at outside backer. And, and, and then you put in the pass rush component and that's even co- compounded. Uh, BYU's lack of, of a pass rush is just amazing. I mean, have you seen a quarterback more comfortable than, than Jordan Love? Holy cow. I mean, wow, they're rushing four again. Okay, great. Jake Browning last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the other comparison. <laughs> you know, that's going to lead us into our next segment. And, and that is, uh, you know, things that we've seen on social media. And, uh, boy, uh, E. Tuiaki has taken a beating because of these things we're talking about right now. No pressure on the quarterback. Every time we talk to Kalani Sataki and he about it, they're trying to protect against the run. They're trying to protect against RPO. Uh, they're trying to t- uh, protect against uh, option-type things that they have to nail down first before they worry about pressure in a quarterback. He, uh, Tuiaki said that they, they, they blitzed six times uh, in the last game. Uh, I can't really remember too many of those because they weren't effective, but back in the day, Bronco Mendenhall used to bring heat 70% of the time, Jeff Call. 
Yeah, and that's I mean that's been a glaring thing the last couple of years that way. And then the other thing about the Utah State game is I mean so many missed tackles. Yeah, I I don't remember the last time I've seen so many missed tackles in a game. And for Utah State to run for 223 yards at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is is a stunner. Well, what what is it that gets into a missed tackle? Is it being lazy? Is it being technically unsound? Is it being um, unsure? Is it being unsure, unconfident, being late? Is it being out of position? Is it all of, all of these things? Those coaches have to figure this out, Brandon Gurney, because you can't play football and not tackle. Well, I wonder about the angles, and I go back to Taki Taki playing middle backer. Yeah, he's a phenomenal athlete, he can do a lot of things, but it's a total different game when you're playing middle backer as opposed to outside. And I just wonder if he has the angle concepts down and the feel necessary to, to be productive at that position. I, I believe the BYU's best linebacking unit has proven to be Adam Poulter at middle backer and Taki talking to Anderson and the outside linebackers. Matt Hadley's been fine substituting, but I just wonder what's happening at a Pulsifer. I'm, I, I don't remember him seeing any many reps at all against Utah State. And I think that Zane Anderson obviously came back, but I don't think he's fully healthy. He just didn't look yeah, I, I the same. Yeah. Now his injury is a shoulder injury. For, yeah. a, for a linebacker that's making tackles, uh, shoulder injuries are very tender, and uh, they've tried to protect him as much as they could, but they need him on the field. This week, coming up against the University of Hawaii, a 6-1 and one team, a team that's explosive, one of the top passing offenses in the country, a quarterback, their starter, who didn't play against Wyoming last week, one of the best passers in the country. They are explosive. They can put, put points on the board. They can do what Utah State did. What do we know about Hawaii, Jeff Call, and, and Brandon Gurney? What do you, how do you break it down? Well, Hawaii's quarterback, Cole McDonald, is a guy that uh, – you know, I asked Dylan Colley about this yesterday, about him specifically, because obviously he knows him from from playing with him. And it sounds like Cole McDonald's a guy that just gets uh, Coach Nick Rolovich's system. He understands it. He's had a couple years to learn the system, to process it. Now he's on the field and he's doing the things that they want him to do. And and uh, I think BYU fans especially know about the system that uh, June Jones and Nick Rolovich ran years ago when they put 72 points up on BYU in the islands, spoiling that uh, great season in uh, 2001. So now they've got a guy that can really execute it, and he's got some good weapons. Ursu is a very dangerous uh, – Kalani Sataki yesterday called him scary. I mean, he's he's already caught like uh, – I can't remember how many passes, but 800 yards in passing already. So it's a, it's a dangerous offense, another explosive offense for BYU. And the question is, will Cole McDonald play or not? He's had a knee injury, and we're still uh, we don't know yet. But uh, if he is on the field, it's going to be very stiff challenge for BYU. There's um, always this, and I've covered uh, BYU football for 43 years. I've been to Hawaii probably 30 times covering basketball and football. I've seen them come over to the uh, the mainland, Brandon Gurney. And generally speaking, and it holds up true, is that Hawaii doesn't play very well when they come over this five, six-hour difference of time and are over here. Yeah, if you're going to have the home field advantage, this has to be the game. This has to be the game where you're seeing that advantage come into play, which we haven't seen. So so, um, defensive back play is going to be essential against this team. You're going to see those guys tested like they haven't all year. I don't think they've really been tested by anyone so far. They're going to be tested big time. Uh, the grid picks. There's a great opportunity for you to win prizes by posting your college football predictions online. It's called Grid Picks, and you can sign up at DeseretNews.com. I personally pick the 14 games each week, and there are gift cards to be won. Test your knowledge and luck at DeseretNews.com. Let's have your picks, gentlemen. 
Uh, Brandon Gurney, why don't you go first? BYU, Hawaii. Oh, wow. I, all, all signs point to a shootout, and I question BYU's ability to win in a shootout. So, so I think they have to keep it relatively low scoring. I think that's the recipe for this team because I just don't believe it. So BYU's going to win this game, and I'm going to predict they're going to win the game, uh, which I've been wrong so many times this <laughs> year. But, but I'm going to go I'm going to go 31-27 BYU. Okay. Jeff Call? I'm going to say 24-20 for BYU. I'll take 27-21 BYU. I think that they've got to crawl out of this hole. I think that they've uh, they've had a very difficult September. They've paid a price because of that, an injury, an attitude, and energy, and I think they get it going this week. In a final words segment, uh, gentlemen, um, a legend passed this past week, Paul James, somebody that we've been acquainted with for a long, long time. I remember as a 12-, 13-year-old being in the island of Tonga, and hearing his voice in a broadcast, I don't know how it bounced over the globe, over the earth, the atmosphere, but I heard his voice. I was intrigued by it and his calls and the way he did things. What a gentleman. What a friend. What a great travel partner. I've been with him all over the country, eating dinner with him, uh, traveled in cars and in airplanes, and he will be sorely missed. He was he was a legend, and he meant so much to so many people. And uh, I just say rest in peace, Paul James. Uh, Paul, you had an opportunity to meet him, or Jeff, you had an opportunity to meet Paul. Great guy. Oh, he was awesome. And, you know, like many BYU fans and, and people that lived in this state for so many years, I mean, Paul James's voice was synonymous with BYU football and big games and things like that. I mean, I remember being a, a young kid, you know, 9, 10 years old, um, when my parents would put me to bed, and I'd have a little transistor radio. And when BYU play Hawaii, kickoff at 1030, I'd be under my covers listening to Paul James call that game in Hawaii. Um, you know, I think I would say that he's one of the reasons why I got into the sports media business because the way he could tell stories, the way he could engage people was just so intriguing to me. And as I got older, uh, when I was in college, uh, I, I lived in Holiday, and Paul James lived in Holiday, and I, I called him. I mean, this is how naive I was. I just called him and said, hey, I introduced myself and said I'd like some advice. And I was expecting maybe a five-minute conversation on the phone. He invited me to his house. I went to his house, with saw all the gardens, saw all his paintings and all this stuff. I was just blown away. And he sat there and entertained me for three hours, just some kid that he didn't know. And he, he gave me some great advice and things like that. A few years later, uh, one story, and Dick, you, you, know, you were there at the time. We were at the Alaska. Great, great Alaska Shootout. Yep. It was Thanksgiving Day. And away from the family and stuff. Yep. And Paul invited us to go eat uh, Thanksgiving dinner in the hotel, I believe. And we're sitting there. We're eating turkey and mashed potatoes. I'm looking. I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner with Paul James. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and he's just been always a class guy, very personable, and uh, just appreciate all that he's done. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, Paul. You've been so much to be what you. I was lucky. I was lucky enough to do a couple of broadcasts with him doing color commentary. I don't know that I did a great job, but I saw a real, true professional, Brandon Gurney, at work. His, his research and the things that he had in front of him that he'd work hours and hours before a broadcast was truly amazing. Well, I, I don't have the near the experience. I don't have any experiences with Paul James, but I do have the experience of just listening to him all all, all through my. Years growing up, he was BYU football. You couldn't watch the games. I, I, that, that's a that's an unbelievable concept in this day and age. But yeah, there were a lot of BYU games that you just could not watch, and and, and you were totally dependent on Paul James, and he made it fun, and, and he was BYU football for a lot of people, including myself. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Cougar uh, Insider Podcast. We'd love to hear from you through email, cougarinsiders at deseretnews.com. And please subscribe or download our podcast where you can find it. Uh, We're working to deliver you the most up-to-date information on BYU sports and love to have you join a part of our team in this broadcast. Thank you very much.